Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets, Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day whenever you need it. I'm Doug Branson, joined by my good friend, the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. Doug, what's up, buddy? Good morning. Good morning. Uh, what's up is we have a fantastic show ahead. We're going to update you on the news that broke last night about Miles Plumley. Plus, we've got our season recap of the one, the only, Cody Zeller. Cody! So that's coming up. Uh, But first, I want to talk about what I saw last night in the NBA playoffs. And what I saw was Isaiah Thomas just going nuclear 53 points, uh, 20 plus in fourth quarter and overtime. I saw he had an 81.2% true shooting percentage in the fourth quarter and overtime. Pretty good. Pretty good. It was just fantastic. and, And it was really... Near the, especially at the end of the fourth quarter, but some in overtime as well. It was Isaiah Thomas versus John Wall, one on one, mano e mano, which is exactly what you want in the NBA playoffs. And John Wall, for all of this talk of of wanting to be, you know, in future MVP considerations, David, I think it's fair to say he kind of fell short, was turning the ball over, not knocking down clutch shots, and Isaiah Thomas showed him a thing or two. Well, I mean, uh, yeah, Isaiah Thomas, just like really special, right? I mean, the guy, uh, after all that he's gone through, um, like emotionally and and off the court wise, but then just like his stature to keep doing that, you know, I mean, we've got a short guy here, uh, or we've got a a smaller guy. They're not short. Well, Isaiah Thomas is kind of short, but, you know, Kemba, (laughs) I think they always get compared to each other, right? I mean, at least in my eyes, just because of, of their stature and some of the, disadvantages they may have against uh the rest of the league but dude he's just i mean he's just ridiculous especially on that team and i mean they do kind of need that if they want to keep going in the playoffs don't you think i mean as a team and they hit threes they're usually successful um but like he's clearly the 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 heartbeat of of that team i mean he, he they go as, as he go out there or at least in the playoffs it feels like that right like as far as he's gonna take them yeah and i think it may be just a little bit tougher to scheme against an Isaiah Thomas to take him out of the game than it is for Kimba Walker because I think that Boston has a few more threats that Isaiah Thomas sure. uh, uh, can find. And I think Isaiah Thomas is is more willing to pass. He's more willing uh, to shoot the corner three and, and sort of drift and find some open areas, whereas Kimba really, really needs to create on ball. Uh, which Isaiah Thomas can do just as effectively and, and did in that fourth quarter in overtime was really, you know, taking those screens and straight line driving down the lane and, and doing the same things that Kimba does, you know, just finding those creases, really attacking, getting in there and finishing strong. Uh, yeah. And and just for a guy his size, and Kimba does the it's same great. thing, the, the way right. he shields himself and uses that strength to finish, insane. 
And so does that make you feel like better? I don't know if you feel bad about it, but like, doesn't that give you a little more hope to say, Hey, I mean, he is, you know, a smaller guy than Kimba. If they can build something around him, just a score of that stature. I mean, you think that the Hornets can do something similar or it can be done right Not to say that it's easy, but you build your team, how you build your team. And if, if you focus it in the right way, you can still have success. Yeah, exactly. Finding a way uh, to put some players around Kemba or, or or find some ways to structure your offense in a way that it's not so easy to trap Kemba at the end of games. Yeah. It's, it, it's, not, it's not as easy for a team to make that decision. So, yeah, you hopefully and, think that the offense or hope that the offense evolves that way. And I think, you know, certainly we probably haven't seen the end of him getting – you know, smacked around a little bit on drives. Um, I think that happened a little bit towards the end of the season for Isaiah Thomas. It happens to Kemba a lot. Like, that, that's not going to well, yeah, go that game away, was physical, right? by the way. Yeah, blood everywhere. Otto Porter yeah, got like, a nosebleed. Uh, Isaiah Thomas headbutting Otto Porter. And then, of course, Isaiah in game one losing a tooth. Yeah. And then he could, sort of got a um, uh, fell to the floor and hit. As someone who has lost teeth and, and had a few – Mouth surgeries. It's very painful, mm. the mouth area. So I, sad, I was cringing. Say, but yeah. Ugh. Yeah, he's just he's just a tough guy, man. I mean, so let me ask you this as a Celtics fan. Uh, <laughs> You're listening you to the- Locked On Celtics <laughs> here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Well, it's interesting. They could end up with a number one pick, right? That's It's extremely interesting, David. Thank you for bringing it up. Yeah. Carl, good to see you. <laughs> yeah, they could end up with Markel Fultz to put beside Isaiah Thomas. Could no, be interesting. That's an interesting. That's an interesting proposition. All right, let's go to the news that broke last night. The team, the Charlotte Hornets, announcing that backup center Miles Plumley had successful arthroscopic surgery to repair his right knee. The recovery time is estimated to be six to eight weeks. The Hornets acquired Plumley in a trade with the Milwaukee Bucks last season in exchange for Spencer Hawes and Roy Hibbert. Miles Plumley will be in year two of a four-year, $50 million deal that he signed while a member of the Bucks. Plumley missed 16 games with a right calf strain after joining the Hornets. David, how do you feel about this news? Um, surgery is never great. Uh, six to eight weeks should be ready for, what's that? Do the math there for me, Doug. What's that? It's called two months. So, I mean, it's only ready by training camp. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, certainly, so and, and he's not—he's not a player that's going to play in summer league, so he'll have that time as well yeah, to recover. Yeah, so you feel good about that. I just, you know, uh, it wasn't a good debut, right? I mean, the injuries and the lack of playing time for him after that trade just put a sour taste in everyone's mouth. So uh, you just hope that this clears it up, and then he can be ready to go full steam by by training camp. The technical term for it is arthroscopic debridement, which, from everything mm-hmm. that I can tell, is a is a cleanup procedure that they would do on a knee if there was something in there that needed to be removed to prevent inflammation or stiffness. I'm not sure if it's the same thing. You hear about players getting their knees flushed out. Yeah. It seems like that's kind of the same thing that's going on there. So it's not like a, you know, they didn't go in there to repair an ACL or, you know, anything like that. It just seems like yeah. a, a procedure, a cleanup kind of deal. And six to eight weeks, um, not a not an extremely long recovery time in terms of these type of, nah. of, of knee injuries. So it's good that it happened in the off season. And hopefully 
again, he, he's going to have to work to get back from that. So you expect him to come into this training camp completely in shape, completely ready to go and ready to compete. Uh, and, and they'll certainly need that to justify, uh, you know, acquiring him on that uh, on that big deal, four year, fifty million dollars. Yeah, just big guys and knees. Like it's not, it's not the combination you want to have to deal with, right? Like, but all we can do is sit back and wait and see because. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> although, although, like, okay, at this point, uh, like, everyone has written off that trade to such a degree. I mean, for good reason, um, because it didn't return much. Um, but, like, do you think that if that happened, do you think, like, they've just completely written it off, right? Like, that was horrible. It was an awful move. And if he comes back and gives them anything, it'd be just, like, uh, kind of just a bonus. You know, like, no one's expecting. I, I don't feel like m- most people are expecting much is what I'm saying. I agree with that. I think that, you know, again, all eyes are on Cody Zeller. All eyes are on Frank Kaminsky. If they add another big, all eyes will be on that big. So, you know, it's going to be up to Miles to prove that uh, he can be a valuable member of this team, especially when you have Coach Clifford saying that they still need a traditional center. (laughs) They still need a shot-blocking center. And they have Miles Plumlee on the roster. You know, he's going to have to find his niche and find a place to play on this team. Let's move on to Cody Zeller. He is the subject of our latest season recap. His fourth season garnered him attention locally and whispers about his value nationally, David, but he did not even begin the season as a starter despite signing a four-year $56 million deal right before the start of the season. Um, yeah, I mean, that was that was kind of the question going in is would Cody, uh, you know, once they brought Roy Hibbert in, would Cody mm-hmm. even uh, be the starter moving forward? But he did. He got that starting position back. Think about that. I mean, how insane is that to look at right now? And I was one of those people that wasn't so sure about it. I mean, it's crazy to look back and think on it now, but uh, especially what he meant to the team. And I don't – I mean, we'll get into this, Doug, but you know, we've talked about the construction of this team, right? And like every little piece means so much and how these guys certainly have more value here uh, than they likely do in the eyes of other teams. One of the reasons, you know, trades are becoming uh, more challenging, I think. But, like, so they were they were not successful with him out of the lineup. What was the final tally on that, Doug? Wins, uh, and during that stretch he was out, was like... Three and 17. There you go. I'll say two and 17. So, I certainly think they would have won a couple of those games had he been in. I mean, I think they would have made the playoffs if he hadn't been hurt, to be honest. But... Do you think that has more to do with just them losing anyone, right? I mean, I do think he was a, an important piece, certainly. That starting five was a successful one across the league offensively. But, like, you know what I mean? If they would have lost anybody, I feel like it would have been tough for them to keep up. Well, that's the big question, right? Because, yes, they were 3-17 and 17 when he was injured, but the Hornets were just a tick above 500, uh, f- uh, 517 with Cody as a starter. So I think it's a big question. Now, he did have a team high uh, or a team best and career high plus 207 plus minus rating when he was on the floor. So he obviously had an impact. I mean, he got that starting spot back. He had career highs in points per game at 10.3, rebounds per game at 6.5, and field goals made per game, field goal percentage, and blocks per game. And I loved how they used him early in games. They got him involved in the pick and roll, and he was a weapon not only for Nick Batum, but also Kimball Walker. He was one of the team's few uh, offensive rebounding threats, along with Michael Kidd Gilchrist. They would pair those two in the starting lineup to uh, be really effective at offensive rebounding at times. 
But, you know, Cody, not a player that they played with the bench unit that much. I mean, he played pretty much exclusively as a starter and was expendable sometimes in the fourth quarter, whether it be because he was in foul trouble or because they wanted to go small. So I don't know, Dave. It's a tough question. I kind of teeter-totter over Cody Zeller's value to this team, which I think is very high, versus, um, you know, should the Hornets have been able to sustain an injury to Cody Zeller? And I think that answer is yes. Like, you should be able to get through an injury to Cody Cody Zeller despite how, um, you know, valuable he is to your team. He's not a superstar. No, no, he's not a superstar. And, you know, barely gave you those 10 points, I think, this year. I mean, still was, I thought, successful in what he was trying to do. I mean, I thought it was a starting center, right? And, I, and before the season, I wasn't sure that he was, you could call him a starting center in the NBA. But um, you mentioned the offensive rebounds. Do you think they, you know, we still need to see more from the rebounding in? Because I don't even think, you know, some of the top lineups the Hornets had uh, as far as rebounding, I don't even know if they included Cody Zeller. What the problem, David, is with with those rebounding numbers is that you're okay with a big with lower rebounding numbers if that big can pull out and shoot because they're going to be away from the basket more. But but he's he, not doing that anymore. No, <laughs> he's not trying that. Well, and that's one of the big areas that I think he must improve on. I pulled these numbers uh, from Synergy. So, David, on jump shots, Cody Zeller rated poor in the nine ninth percentile uh that was point on jump shots 0.63 points per game 31.7 percent field goal percentage on jump shots on catch and shoots you know those type of plays where he'd run you know sort of a a, a pick and roll in the high post and Kimball would Mm -hmm. dive in and then need to kick it back out to Cody those type of plays 0.54 even lower in the fourth percentile 27.3 percent on catch and shoot and then overall uh spot up game it accounted for 9.3 percent of his offense so not a ton but in the sixth percentile 0.61 uh points per possession 32 percent on the spot up game and the, the thing is david the rest of his offense is really good his pick and roll game very good uh his uh you know he did well putting it back on the offensive boards transition played that really well um, you know, he didn't, he didn't, he doesn't post up a lot, but when he got the few opportunities he did to post up, he did it well. Um, so that's the thing is that his offense is good when he gets the opportunities, but mm-hmm. those opportunities have to be created for him, you know, because he can't oh, yeah. create on his own. Um, and, but there's, there's a limit to what you can create for him. Because you can't throw it to him in the mid-range and expect him to make the shot. So that's the number one area, you're right, for this offseason, is for him to be able to step out and hit that. I'm not talking about three-pointers either, David. No, no, no. I'm talking about 15, 17, right? I mean, that's got to be – he's got to be able to knock that down. I think it would help Kimba and Nick even more. I mean, it's interesting, though. I think he was very important. I mean, especially to those two guys. You look at the – you know, for Kimba and Nick, the the top two – uh, or the top two-man uh, rotations, right? So who do they play the best with on the court? I mean, both of them have Zeller uh, as their number one. And so, well, you know I mean, what that, part that's of that is, David, is the screen assists. Yeah. And he was top – he was near the top uh, tops in the league in screen assist. He is by far the best screen setter 
on this team. He's oh, yeah. he's great at quickly, you know, sort of changing direction on that screen. And it was and he stays. I, yeah, he's and I, solid. Right, solid. And I think it's a, a large part of of what you know opened up so many three point opportunities for Kimball Walker. So you can't discount that as well. That's not going to show up in points per game, you know, stuff like that, or or the, you know they don't give him actual assist for that. So you have to understand that as well when you're talking about Cody Zeller's value. But screening is screening. Uh, I think someone, what did someone at, at the Hive recently, I think they were um, reviewing Miles Plumley, and they said screening is kind of like saying you have a great personality, you know, that sort of old. Well, well I mean, to some you know, extent, so it's, yes. It, it's like, you, but, you, you know, it, well, it's, a gr- it's great that, that he does it, but it's, it's at the same time, th- there are other bigs out there that can screen. Well, there are, but there are many that cannot. <laughs> and most of them are That's young true. guys, and many of them come up from the D-League, and almost all of them play for the Hornets this year. So you saw the difference in yeah. you know someone who knows how to set a professional NBA screen and someone who doesn't. I mean, th- look, that's one of those things that they could probably call every other time down the court for on, on one hand. But on the other hand, there is a difference, um, and Cody does it well. Uh, but your ultimate point is right. We're talking about the value of setting screens here. Um, for a guy that, you know, they couldn't afford to lose uh, when they were trying to get back in, into the playoffs and, and, and couldn't recover from him being out because because he said he such awesome screens. Are, so, you, I mean, are you concerned, David, at all about the injuries to Cody Zeller at this point? Right shoulder soreness uh, kept him out for a few games. Concussion, quad contusion that kept him out 13 total games. He's missed 49 games over the past three seasons. I don't think we talk a lot about that. Sort of all of the injury talk uh, gravitates towards Michael Kidd Gilchrist, but 49 games over three seasons, that's almost 20 20 games a season. That's tough. Yeah, I mean, 20 games this season, only nine last season, uh, 20 games the season before, and then played a full season his rookie year. So, uh, you know, by that logic, he should be good to go for next year. But, I mean... (laughs) Well, I'll get back to the thing with big men, right? Um, you you just reeled off those injuries. Were there were none of them were injuries? knees? Well, well, yeah. yes, quad, okay. and he's had. Quad, oh my god, was quad, yeah, shoulder and quad have been two areas that have been uh, not just this season, but constant, uh, se- seemingly constant uh, issues for Cody Zeller. So I think it's I think the injury concern it's is, is there razor, a little but, bit. But it's but it's an eyebrow razor, right? But I think you'd rather be dealing with a shoulder and a quad than knee, ankle, stuff like that. Okay, let's end here. How does the re-signing of Cody Zeller look to you now? Four years, $56 million. At the time, it was uh, rated as a steal for uh, Rich Show, despite the fact that it sort of took the cap, uh, uh, you know, put them in a tight cap situation. Uh, people across the board loved this move for the Charlotte Hornets. How does that re-signing look now? I mean, I think you can still be successful with Cody Zeller at center, Doug, but you, you know, you've got to fill out the team around him. You can't obviously depend on him to be much more than he is right now in offense, even though we desperately want to see him be able to step out and hit some of those jumpers. Um, I do still think he's got room to improve on the, on the boards, as we said, but four years, Doug, I mean, he's just four years in. And, and I mean, you like to start to see what players are going to be like by the three or four year mark, but, um, you know, I feel I still think Cody Zeller has room to improve personally, especially with that shot. Um, and he does seem like a guy that's worked hard. And I feel like we have seen some stepping stones from him thus far. I mean, I think you can be successful with him. I don't know that he can be like the third guy. I mean, I don't think he's built to be, you know, you're certainly your third option on offense or your third best player. So they've got to get more talent around him and they've got to be 
uh, obviously some guys that he can step out and shoot. That's what they're trying to do with uh, Marvin and um, uh, uh, Frank and guys like that. So, um, I mean, it's probably still a good value, but uh, how much impact is he going to have when he's looking to move the needle, right? I think despite the tight tight cap situation that it put them in, David, I think taken by itself, it was still a fantastic signing, both because of the contributions that he gives the team. And we didn't really even talk about his defense, which I think yeah. is average to above average in most areas. He still got shook a little bit in his, in the post. They still got some work to do there and no Patrick Ewing anymore to help him out in that arena. They're going to have to fill that role in the coaching staff to continue to develop. So remember, this is his fifth season coming up. So right. it's, you know, it's not in his 10th season. Uh, right. We still have the Marvin Williams uh, 10th or 11th season renaissance for Cody Zeller if they re-sign him again. And, and, and we didn't even talk about his ability to just uh, get under Dwight Howard's skin. Which, yeah, uh, and just <laughs> stay cool, comic. That's the thing about Cody Zeller. Think about it. Uh, you can't knock this guy off his stride. Injuries, he comes back and he's still just as effective as he was. Uh, the whole signing, uh, the contract negotiation, you know, he said he left it all to his agent. The guy's just cool, mm-hmm. calm, and collected. He just goes about his business, does his job, and doesn't, uh, yeah, doesn't get into these uh, fracases. Instead, uh, gets other people to get involved. So there's all kinds of tangible and intangible um, benefits to having Cody Zeller on your team. But I do know, David, that Zeller is on this eternal list of players the Hornets could move. But sure. I actually I actually think this signing makes him somewhat of a tasty trade piece. Now, I'm not necessarily advocating for Cody Zeller to be traded, but I think that four years, $54 million is not a bad number at all for a starting caliber center. And he's one of the few Hornets, apart from Kimball Walker, who actually upped his value last season. Would you agree with that? I mean, so he set he career his... highs. I mean, he set career highs in all of his numbers. Yeah. Like you can see yeah. him, he was he's moving in the upward direction. Okay, yeah. his contract has no options. There's no player options, no team options attached. So it's a contract that yes, you can't really get out of, but it's also a known quantity. And if you like his growth as a player, and he certainly is growing as a player, that contract is only going to get better as the years go on, and and he can't suddenly opt out on you. So all I'm saying is if you're a general manager and you're looking for known quantities that have a little bit more room to grow and become more valuable, then I think, you know, if 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 the Hornets are looking... You know, if the Hornets look at their cap situation and go, look, we've got to make a move here. We've got to make a significant move to improve this team, but we don't have any money. We have the mid-level exception and the room level, or no, they have the uh, biannual. The, um, biannual, yeah, yeah. that's all we have, so we, we need to make a shakeup here. I just think that contract, if they could convince other teams of his continued improvement and growth, could be one of the few that they could successfully move. What do you and think about you think- that? Well, yeah, and you think he would be attractive to, to some other teams? I mean, a guy who you know can still run the floor like a gazelle can get up and down uh, could be used in a lot of ways. I think even with his limitations on offense, right? I think a lot of teams and coaches would value that. If all were well and good, David, and they had plenty of cap room, you wouldn't mention this. You wouldn't say this based on last year's performance. I think, mm-hmm. but I'm just saying when your when your options are limited, this looks. Yeah, you gotta look around. This looks yeah. like a good trade piece. Okay. Uh, tell us what you think. Buzz, buzz at lockedonhornets.com on Twitter at lockedonhornets or 
uh, go to the contact page on LockedOnHornets.com. Let us know what you think about Cody Zeller's performance this year, his future with the Hornets. Uh, Thanks so much for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. We appreciate every one of those reviews because it helps hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. We are back tomorrow with some analysis on the ageless Marvin Williams. We're definitely going to talk about some of these yams, these old man yams. That's my uh, becoming my favorite kind of yam is the old man yam. Uh, for David, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked On Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.